2: Welcome to Strongcast. I'm Mark Boyd. I'm here with Ben Lloyd today. How are you, Ben? Great. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. I'm super excited for this one. We have Adam Silver, also known as StrengthNet. How are you, Adam? All good? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, all good. I'm awesome. Early in the morning. I think I'm the better of you two, to be honest. You're tired. You're tired. Oh, yeah i There's, hate mornings i have
0: no clue why he decided like hey 9 a.m and yeah I'm, i have that was no clue fault. why you said yes i i know
2: i forced him <laughs> i i literally forced him i was like adam nine tomorrow <laughs> and he's like yes <laughs> two hours later nine tomorrow adam yeah
1: and then on my way and i said i thought it was 9 p.m
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so oh, sorry i'll take the blame for the early start but <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have an interesting talk today. I think nobody has heard of your story, your background. Obviously, you're working with Larry as his manager. Um, yeah, let's let's start from the very beginning. Um, the very beginning of Adam Silver, your progression in sports, your career. Tell us all about yourself. From from school as well.
1: Okay, wow. That's a yeah. long, long ways back. We've so, got plenty of time. <laughs> so I guess uh, I got involved in kind of the physique world, the weight training world, all that stuff, when I was 18 years old, maybe even a couple years back, uh, high school. So I had a little taste of weight training in a weight training class and uh, realized I was really strong because I never really played sports, but I had a knack for lifting weights, especially bench press. So after high school, um, decided to get involved in working out, wanted to get in better shape. So I did my own thing. I didn't have a coach or trainer. This is like 1989. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I would work out and I would bench three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> As we all did. Yeah. Yeah. The, bro, the bro split. Exactly. Bench abs, biceps. <laughs> <precepts. Right. laughs> but uh, by the time I was 20 years old, I could bench press four plates. Wow. Um, and I was weighing in pounds 161 pounds 162 pounds. What's that in kg? That's so 162, 100, like 76 kilos 183.7 kg is what it was. Yeah, so 183. Yeah. 183 at like 72, 73. And 73. And a half. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah, it's
0: strong. Yeah, so
2: what's your bench, Ben?
0: Oh, so uh, <laughs> so just to give context, I bench. Hundred thirty at ninety three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. So I'm fifty kilos off the bench, <laughs> yeah, and right. I'm also twenty kilos heavier. All right. Wow. So that
2: is a strong bench, you've got. and
0: bench strong. You are strong,
2: but right? This, yeah. This so is super strong. Yeah.
1: And so I basically uh, started to train at a powerlifting gym after that. So because uh, there was a powerlifting coach, and uh, I wanted to c- try it out and maybe compete. So I was like, you should do a bench meet. I did a bench meet at University of Maryland. So it was just our like weight room, you know, kind of bench yeah. meet, and it was really it was touch and go. So it wasn't like a true pause or anything. So I did I did hit that, four, you know, the four plates back then, but I didn't do it with a pause. So then I had to kind of relearn everything a little bit and learn about bench technique and stuff like that. And it really got me interested in the whole weight training thing. So you're benching four plates with no bench technique. <laughs> yeah. That's what he was yeah. saying. <laughs> you're right. Because <Yeah. laughs> I I, before that, I would go to the gym and work with bodybuilders. Yeah. So I wouldn't even really take their advice that much. You know, they were more into the, you know, volume thing and mm-hmm. all that. And I was just I just want to get my bench press up. Yeah. Um, so I started training at Maryland Athletic Club. And there were some great athletes there. Kirk Kowarski, who is a world champion powerlifter. He was uh, 275 pounds, I believe. So he's a big, big guy. And he was squatting like 1,000 pounds. So my, my bench press really went up. I went up to, uh, I guess it was about 200 kg. It's four, 455 pounds, four and a half plates. 455, yeah. So 205 ish. Yeah. 205-ish, yeah. Just over. And then I was weighing um, at that point about 173 pounds. So, like 78 kg. So, and that was from learning technique and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I did start to compete, but I had trouble because most of those competitors were using lifting gear to help. So, they would wear, you know, uh, a bench press shirt, for instance or squat suit or whatever. Yeah. And I couldn't compete with those guys. There was, there was a guy named Scott Werner, who was 165 pounds, so he was my weight class, and he was bench pressing 500 with the bench shirt. Mm. And it was very discouraging for me, very discouraging. So I, I just, uh, I did compete, but um, I, it kind of dropped off the, the excitement for me. Um, fast forward a, a few more years, I went on some gear. And uh, <laughs> did some experimenting, and then I did get up to where I was doing a two hundred and thirty kg bench press, and I weighed, uh, I was in the one hundred and eighty one pound weight class, so I was about eighty two kg. And that's uh, above two twenty five on the bench.
0: Mm. Five hundred pounds is two twenty five. Yeah. yeah, just two it's thirty. It's bigger
1: than
2: most people's deadlifts. And
0: oh yeah, <laughs> I think I think most people, I think most people are like, I want to deadlift five hundred pounds. Yeah. You know. your bench and it
1: well yeah. i'll tell you this it was bigger than my deadlift and squat
0: combined. i wasn't combined, yeah, com- <laughs> not combined.
1: No, not combined. Yeah. but yeah i, but I was still it's super strong i was yeah keeping my body weight down i wasn't really training legs very much yeah. like i was squatting maybe four plates for like three or four reps You'd be super good at yeah. calisthenics <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah. exactly you know in the bars yeah. and stuff so but uh, if I go backwards a couple years from that big bench press, I had injured my neck in a car accident. So I had a car accident, and I thought it was fine. But apparently that set off a degenerative condition in my cervical spine. And uh, I was also competing in arm wrestling at the time. Uh, we'll get more into that. But uh, I had a weakness all of a sudden that, that came upon me at a, at a competition. And left-handed, I was really strong. And all of a sudden, like people were beating me. I went into bench press three plates the next day, a couple days later, and I could only get it for a few reps when it's, I could usually do that for at least 15. Mm. So, um, had to have surgery to basically there was a bone spur I had to clean that out. Um, got back into bench pressing very quickly cause I wanted to get that 230 kg too yeah. quickly, too quickly. In other yeah. words, yeah. it was basically a six month rehab. Yeah, you know, they said don't get into training too quickly. And I, well, the the competition was six months away, but they're like, don't get into it too quickly. And I did, yeah. and I re-injured my neck two weeks before competition, right. and uh, that just discouraged me from training, and I stopped training for 23 years.
2: Wow. So, yeah. Wow. It's it's crazy how the hunger can be there to go back, and then because you don't get. To where you want to go That immediate shut off It's caused you For 23 years is a long time
0: Yeah 23 years Yeah 23 years is longer Than most people Have known lifting Or have have known Strength sports Yeah Because I'm old I'm
1: an old man Mm. But Veteran that's Right I had some uh, Nerve damage To my right triceps Yeah That's what discouraged me Right Right. So then it's now left And also
0: right
2: Right What, What was the discouragement Was it the injury itself Was it the rehab
1: side of it having to go through a rehab what i felt like it was it was a really bad um situation where my triceps wouldn't come back it was going to really have a really tough time mm. and so i wouldn't be able to do my big bench press anymore right and you weren't so. going to
0: go squat or anything so i mean fuck no <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. i wanted to be the, the guy on the beach this huge upper body <laughs> you know,
2: and these teeny little. what's legs. that
0: guy from spongebob the lobster. Oh, right. oh I was I was, just, I was thinking Johnny Bravo from uh, Johnny R- Bravo. Oh yeah, yeah Johnny yeah. Bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. But we can't do that. So, yeah. I can only insult another bold man.
1: So yeah. But yeah. Um, I got into arm wrestling actually a little bit in high school, uh, just like arm wrestling at the lunch table. And- yeah, I've, I actually have a question. We're just gonna stop you oh, there. Okay. Why is
0: it every like good, or, yeah, every like good arm wrestler that I've spoken to so far has an amazing bench, like do they just, is it just like, I can bench more than you and I'll, ar- and I'll arm wrestle you as well? Like, is it, is it part of that
1: thing? I, I, you know, I, I don't know, because I do know, you know, obviously a lot of people that are great arm wrestlers that can't bench anything, They're just terrible bench. Yeah, wrestlers. yeah. But people that do have a big bench often will be pretty good at arm wrestling if they can do like is press. that shoulder upper, pressing is and that, hook. Is, and, is yeah. that upper body development, I guess. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so just yeah, naturally just helpful. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because we've spoken to Ray and he had like a ridiculous bench as yeah, well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Coach, yeah, Coach yeah. Ray has a
1: great bench press. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that ego, bro, you know. That's what I'm thinking. it's like, yeah. but arm wrestle. Like, I, yeah. I right. bench press. And like you said, like, I yeah. And then we just arm wrestled on the table. I'm like, <laughs> this completely makes sense now. <laughs> right. It's like, if you have a big squad, you'll never be like, yo, I'll... <laughs> it's like, it never happened. Right.
2: I know we're going off topic, but I'd be interested to see what Devin... Benches? Benches. Oh, yeah. Like this? Yeah, i uh, Yeah. Interested he probably and levon as well
1: okay so levon actually has a decent bench press but for his body weight it's not that great Right.
0: okay i think they should do a powerlifting competition right after they, <laughs> they pull
1: no but on on larry's channel yeah. we shot uh levon i think bench pressing also doing log press
0: oh yeah i
2: remember, remember? yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah he
1: actually got uh
0: he got michael todd to do log press yeah. as well. yeah yeah, yeah he was in here mm-hmm. yeah
2: anyway going back <laughs> Yeah, so, so you, you, you you arm wrestled during your, your sort of...
1: So, high school, just for fun. You yeah. Know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And there was one kid that could beat me, and uh, I can't remember his name at all, but his father used to arm wrestle. So, he had some experience doing that. But um, I got more into it in college, and actually at the University of Maryland set up their first uh, arm wrestling club. And U- University of Maryland is a huge school. There's like... 20, 30,000 people at that school, so it's, it's a very large one. So that was great. I got involved um, by going up into northern uh, Baltimore area, and they had some pro arm wrestlers up there. Les Wims, who was like a, he was a lightweight. He was probably one of the first people I trained with. And then after a little bit, I started to train with Dave Patton, world champion, and uh, he was amazing, big top roller, and. Um, at that practice, at those practices, Travis Bajit would occasionally show up. So this was uh, like 1990s something, in the middle of the 1990s. So um, that, was, that was great. I mean, I actually got to learn some stuff, but basically my arm wrestling career was about six years long yeah. um, back then, that I did some competitions, and you know really truly practiced on a regular basis. Got pretty good at it because of my bench press and my upper body strength, yeah, I was really good for my weight class. So I, d- I only lost one competition that I remember. Um, and that was a weird competition. I can't remember which organization, but they would have a two go systems. You'd say go, and then you tighten, and then go again for the actual move. Right, okay. It right. was so confusing to me, I, had no, I just totally lost. Yeah. I got killed, basically. But um, I did win. Maryland States, Delaware States, and I also won New York States. I won that one in 1997, which w- was a big one. Yeah. That one I won not just my weight class, but I also won the overall. Awesome. Yeah. What,
0: how do you win? So I think in, in powerlifting, you have Wilkes, right? Or you have IPF score, <coughs> IPF points, or whatever it right. is. That basically shows that you're overall. In weight class, for arm wrestling, you just pull everybody and then tournaments.
1: So like well, and, and f- f- to win overall versus to win your weight class. I'm, yeah, I guess. Right. So yeah, in powerlifting, there's a world score and that's kind of a pound for pound. Right, population. right. Got it. Yeah. So um, yeah, in arm wrestling, you usually just win your weight class, right-handed or left-handed. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, some competitions will have an overall right-handed and left-handed. So all the winners from those weight classes... Will go into... Go a, against oh, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's an additional round-robin or Yeah, after. It, exactly. It's usually that's single cool. elimination. Yeah, all, yeah.
1: It's not double elimination. It's single elimination. You lose one time and you're out. Right,
0: right. And so you you,
1: you beat guys that were probably... 30, 30 kilos heavier yeah. than you or something. Yeah. There, there was one guy that I didn't get to arm wrestle because he wouldn't do it. And that was, I think, the super heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And he would go by, if anybody knows his name, the Bagel Man. The Bagel Man. Yeah, back in that <laughs> yeah. Who Somebody out there knows who that guy is. But The Bagel Man. He would not arm wrestle me. And I was like, I really wanted to arm wrestle. And the Bagel Man is listening <laughs> to this right now. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's me. That's <laughs> me. I love bagels. <laughs> so
2: really, as a uh, king of the table, type tournament yeah, yeah you really do find out who the king of the table is well that brings me on to the, the next sort of point a lot of people don't actually know this but you are really the driver behind Larry Wheels pushing the sport of arm wrestling obviously you're one of the owners at king of the table um, yeah you're one of the drivers behind Larry actually pursuing arm wrestling yeah and, and that's awesome like now that people know your background and how you have actually spent time in arm wrestling like and look look at it now right yeah Yeah, it's it's what what was the difference from then to now wow aside Um, from the rules that you just explained
1: (laughs) yeah um you know essentially arm wrestling is still the same except as we've um over the past maybe i don't know eight years or so uh you know now that arm wrestling is becoming a little bit more mainstream so it's gone on to TV. There's been TV shows about it and stuff. Now we're talking more about entertainment value versus just pure arm wrestling, which if you watch just a you know, pure arm wrestling competition, it could be a little boring. Yeah. You know, People can foul out and that's not that exciting. So that's why there have been some rule changes. WAL comes along. And um, but uh, before I get into that,
0: Got your happy price,
1: Priceline. Yeah, go on, how, how I got Larry into it. Yeah, it's like, like we said, it's whatever you want to, however you want to digress. Yeah, and actually people want to, they always ask me, well, how did I meet Larry? Yeah, how well, did let's, you meet Larry? In
2: fact, let's, let's, let's finish the, this topic, then we'll go into Larry.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> better, better, <laughs> then we can
2: dive into the world of Larry. <clears throat>
1: okay, I was trying to, trying to keep the progression. So, anyway, now that we have King of the Table... Um, you know, now we actually get a taste of all these rules and you know what we have to deal with them. Um, and I think we've gotten. I think we started something amazing here, especially with the pay per view. Yeah, you know, people got really excited about seeing all these incredible matchups, and um, I think it's kind of changed arm wrestling yeah. quite a bit. You know, we've definitely made an impact on the arm wrestling world.
2: Yeah, and and um, diving into those different characters, obviously. Larry being another owner of King of the Table, he's able to show these characters on his channel, and we are then able to put them up in matchups in King of the Table, which again, as you say, the progression has been actually showing these characters, showing the entertainment value that it actually brings. It's not just an arm wrestling match, there is characters involved, which, um,
1: yeah. yeah. The interesting thing is, um, I guess other sports, a lot of these athletes get a lot more exposure on social media when it comes to arm wrestling since it's kind of uh, a sport where just anybody can get into it you could be um, either a carpenter or a mechanic or a dentist <laughs> yeah you know you can get into arm wrestling um, a lot of these people just don't have a big social media profile they're amazing athletes and nobody knows who they are yeah so Larry and I do like to not just bring in the big shots, the Devin Larets and the Levons, but we do like to bring in people uh, onto the channel that don't have very much of a social media platform, yeah. but are truly amazing athletes. Whether they're arm wrestlers or they're into strongman, yeah, yeah, huge bench press, or they crazy bodybuilder that nobody's yeah. seen before, but he only has like 300 followers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, crazy stuff.
2: No, I, so. and and it's across the board. You've been doing that with Larry. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go back. So we've gone through the timeline of. You were an arm wrestler for six years. You had mm-hmm. the 230 kg bench. You got injured. Yes. What happened then?
1: So uh, my background at that time, I originally started off uh, college as um, I was going into engineering, aerospace engineering actually. So I was a bit of a nerd. Um, but I it, a nerd who could bench four plates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. An arm wrestle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I got up to like a third level of calculus, and just uh, it was getting too too much for me. So I got into um, kinesiology. That's, that ended up being, I actually did film and kinesiology at the University of Maryland. I have a minor in film. Awesome. So kinesiology is biomechanics, study mm-hmm. biomechanics. And I was working as an athletic trainer, towards an athletic trainer you know, to become, uh, you know, work with one of the major football teams in the United States, American football. Yeah. Uh, so I went through the, the athletic training program at University of Maryland as well. So, um, and I was also a strength coach there. So as a student, um, they were short strength coaches, but I got my, you know, ACSM certification. And then I also got my national uh, strength and conditioning association, um, uh, certificates and all. So, um, now fast forward, I'm out of school and, um, I did personal training for many, many years, got involved in that. And eventually I got tired of it all. And, I eventually got into the talent business so i basically would find athletes and get them into magazines like muscle and fitness these are mostly physique athletes right because i was into the weight training and stuff like that um so i built an agency called silver model management um, and i brought it up to new york city and i had a male division female division and i worked with all types of talent but they were amazing athletes uh, I was at a bodybuilding division and became like manager to, uh, people like Brandon Curry, who was a uh, Mr. Olympia a couple years ago. Yeah. I was his manager for 12 years, um, got into TV and film as well. So I, I, was basically booking people for major TV shows, feature films. Um, my, I sold my agency in 2016 And one of my last things I did was, uh, booked one of the lead characters in the Spider-Man series. Um, his name is Jacob Batalon. He plays Ned, Peter Parker's best friend. And I had a team that helped me out with that. It wasn't just me. Right. You know, so, um, but, but it was, it was just an amazing experience, but I eventually sold that business. Yeah. But, um, along the lines, I also had a production company called StrengthNet, Mm -hmm. And so I used to shoot videos of mostly like bodybuilders. They were super strong, like freaks, and uh, I worked with the NPC in the IFBB Pro League, you know, backstage at the Olympia and the Arnold Classic and stuff like that. So I got to meet all these amazing athletes. So one day, a friend of mine and friend of Larry's, I don't even remember this guy's name to be honest, so he's an acquaintance, uh, says, there's this freak bodybuilder. You need to meet him. He's 19 years old and he's like bench pressing over 500 pounds. <laughs> And he's like, this name is Larry wheels. I was like, Oh, that's a great name. But I was like, I was a little bit skeptical, but I eventually met Larry and I shot video with him and he was everything that this guy said he was. He was bench pressing 500 for reps. He was only 19 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. It was insane. And so through the years, Larry and I kept in touch. I would, he would occasionally hire me or bring me in when one of his sponsors needed, you know, video. So we've been working together for essentially seven years. So, and it's been about three and a half years full time. Right. So, um, he was from New York, and of course I lived in the New York area, so. Worked out. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, He eventually said, hey, you wanna like, now that you're free of your agency, maybe we could travel the world and like, do this full time. And now here we are.
2: The rest is history. Yeah, the The rest rest is history It is. Yeah, but but going into that, so, Where did that lead you from that? When you met him, Mm -hmm. what was the time period between you stopping your agency and going into?
1: Oh, so, okay. So I actually met him, I think around 2013 or 2014. I sold the agency in 2016. Right, okay. And then there was a two-year gap where I was living with my father, uh, who was in very, very poor health. Um, so I was living with him, helping him out. And then I was basically shooting commercials and stuff for a lot of the supplement companies. So, um, during that period, I was starting to do a lot more stuff with Larry at that point. So,
0: yeah. What did you think you were going to do after you sold the agency? Did you have a
1: plan? Did you, were you like, well, I'll just do commercials or that? uh, That was the plan for a while. And then maybe I would eventually jump back into talent management and work for a big agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was considering. Um, and then, you know, Larry was doing really well and I helped him get his, the supplement side of his business going. And so he's like, hey, why don't we just start working together and, yeah. and do this full time? And uh, he moved me out to LA. He moved to LA like six weeks earlier. He moved me out to LA. We were there for like two months and then Thor Bjornsson says, yeah. Would you like to come out to uh, Iceland and train strongman? Not me, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, I remember that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. we did that for, for two months. And then Thor hooked us up with Don and Mark Boyd.
2: Yes.
0: I remember that as well. Yep. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, Six week free trip. Or get to, this man out here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And then yes. Larry came for
0: the first time. Yeah. 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 Dubai, and then we never left. No. He's never left. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember that.
2: What's it been like to manage, work alongside, experience, and see Larry progress over these years? Like, talk us through different events that you remember, memor- uh, memorable moments. Because mm. so, obviously, you, sorry, obviously you started, and you believed in him. Yeah, and that's one of the, that's one of the big things is people don't see when people are working together. You 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 believed that Larry could be something. Yeah, special.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't just that Larry was strong. It was, he had other talents emerging. So when I first started working with him, he would uh, get in front of the camera and he was horrible. He yeah. was horrible. Yeah. Uh, he would just, uh, uh, yeah, as soon as it turns on, he's like a deer in headlights as yeah. they say. So, and this is like for his uh, sponsored, you know, sponsorship videos. So I worked with him a bit and got him more comfortable. And then he all of a sudden kind of took off on his own and really started to get a knack for being in front of the camera and speaking, uh, you know, very fluently and easily and just started to grow from there. And I was like, wow, he's actually like developing into a Talent.
0: Yeah. Was your, was, I was going to you know. say, was your talent like... <laughs> yeah, like the the like, talent alarm. Was yeah. yeah. Alarm. yeah. yeah. Woo, woo, <laughs> oh,
1: What yeah. is happening here? For sure. For sure. Um, that's, you know, that's when I was like, okay, this, this guy, I can work with him. You know, he's, he's a smart guy. He seems quiet at first when you meet him, but then you turn on the camera and he's like just explosive, you know, whether he's training um, and he's, he's open. He can talk on camera so it's it just opened up a lot of possibilities not just working with him as an athlete but perhaps you know in the future doing tv commercials feature films tv shows that kind of thing was kind of in my head and when we were moving to la that's a hotbed for right um on, on camera talent so was that the initial plan of moving to la um i think the initial plan of course was larry wanted to move um, to that type of climate, that kind of atmosphere. Right. But it all made sense, you know, because if we were going to pursue maybe um, you know TV and film, that would be the place to go. Yeah. Yeah. So talk us through some memorable moments between yourself and mm. uh, Larry. Uh, well, definitely my first competition with him was an RPS competition, which is one of the powerlifting organizations, and that's he got a world record there. for total. And it was just an amazing experience. It was a lot of fun with all the other athletes. And, um, there were some people that I knew from powerlifting and stuff. So that was, that was a really great experience. Um, I think one of my favorite experiences ever in, in my life was working with Thor, Larry and Thor and Thor's family and Thor's friends. Um, It's a different type of energy when you go into his gym and train with him. And it was just an incredible experience. Just um, such positive energy there. Uh, And I think Larry will tell you that that was probably his favorite experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, it was incredible. So um, doing his, so besides the powerlifting, of course, he was getting the strongman and his first strongman competition was in California at the Fit Expo. And, um, he came in second, you know, yep. it was by, I think one point, something like that. That was also an incredible experience because you could see Larry develop a completely new sport with only a couple months of training. And he is, you know, looking like he's going to dominate within a couple years. If he kept with it, of course, yeah. you know, things obviously changed, but right. it was, uh, you could see that he's a true athlete. Is not just, uh, you know, do one thing and powerlifting and then that's it. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are definitely some memorable, moments. You know, markets. Yeah. And speaking of like going to different sports, I mean,
0: I remember he, he did do a bodybuilding show. Yeah, he did do a bodybuilding he, he show. He did. You see? He, a super, couple. Super fan. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously now he's into arm wrestling as well. Yes. So, so uh, yeah. where do you see him going? You know, obviously he's part of King of the Table. Um, he's been, you know, as part of the cards, like he's been in the cards, been yeah. in the matches. Where do you think like his potential is? I, obviously it's going to be wherever he wants, whatever he wants to do, but you know, he,
1: he's training a little bit of strongman. He's doing a little bit of arm wrestling. Yeah. So I think that he can excel at both of those for sure. And um, when it comes to arm wrestling, it's obviously a little bit, he did things a little bit backwards um, because you know we've run a, a a channel, and um, it's it's a place where we kind of can develop ideas. we also make money, of course yeah. so Larry brought in the top tier talent right away, world champions, so devin Larratt and and you know levon and and other people Vitali and of course, people go ahead and they watch Larry go up against some of these guys, and Larry loses because they're world champions so the unfortunate thing was that Larry went into the Supermatch series before getting into tournament style, which is what the way most arm wrestlers would do it. So, and he's going up against really kind of tough opponents, and they have different strategies that kind of have screwed him up a little bit. So he's had three losses in a row. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it could be depressing to anybody, but uh, he's going up against tough, tough talent. And um, sometimes I feel like the fans don't quite get that. They're like, oh my God, Larry, oh, he should just wrap it up. But, yeah. you know, I, th- I think he has a real future in the sport. He really does.
2: Yeah, and, and for the fans out there, rest assured, Larry obviously being one of the main promoters in King of the Table, he's going to continue to do so. He's going to yes. continue to build the um, professional level and also, we were talking about it earlier, is the amateur level and uh, maybe that's something that we can go into. Where do you see the future of arm wrestling?
1: Hmm, king of the table, of course, Yeah, yeah. come on. No bias. Right, no bias at all. Zero. <laughs> yeah. I support you in that. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, yeah, I think arm wrestling has a bright future, you know, and and honestly, you know, I feel like Larry and I kind of, Kind of kickstarted a new million percent and I'm generation. Sure everyone and will I, agree that, and I, yeah, I think I think most of the top guys will
0: also be fine saying that. They'll agree with you, yeah. and you know, like you, it was the perfect storm. It was like the catalyst yeah. of, yeah. of, of uh, you know stuff, you know, COVID, and then everyone's like stuck, and there's like live stream yeah, events yeah. now, and, and e- then, e-
2: even that whole east and west. There's a division, and king of the table just kind of went
1: stop. Exactly. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that, We're going to break the wheel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Broken. Yeah. Exactly. Broken. So, but I think it, it has, um, a great future and there, there are some little kinks and stuff, you know, the, the whole rules controversy that came up. Um, but I think that, um, arm wrestling and now is kind of exploding everywhere. Yeah. So the United States is having tons of competitions, uh, all throughout, you know, Europe and Russia and, you know, it's really it's really come alive. Do you think that's yeah. because of YouTube? I I do. Do you think that's because of Larry's YouTube specifically? I I do. Yeah. I do feel like that that definitely started off. And I think most people will say that. Um, yeah. You know, whenever whenever we go into the different like uh, YouTube channels that focus on arm wrestling, yeah, people always bring up you know Larry. Sometimes they know that I'm I'm involved, but yeah. <laughs> you know, which is cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um,
0: other channels like Juju's um, channel have, had Devin on for a couple of things yes. here and there. And he's also, I think, a little bit into arm wrestling. he does yes, some arm yeah. wrestling. Definitely. Even um, Devin's channel. Devin's channel, Devin's yeah. channel. yeah. yeah Devin's, central. Yeah. But I think Devin's channel, you you have Devin fans. Yeah. But then, you know, when... Uh, the great thing about a, a channel like, like Larry's is, you know... You, D- diversity. Right, diversity of... of, 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 of of the interest, right? Yeah. Like you, you're interested in powerlifting and bodybuilding and strongman, and then all of a sudden you're introduced to arm wrestling by someone who you've been following for a while, and then you're like, "Ha, huh, who who are these yeah. monsters that can destroy Larry?" <laughs> right. yeah. Go yeah. check them out. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so Absolutely. that that's what's so amazing about about Larry's channel is yeah. you just get, you know, new information, new stimulus all the time. It's like, "Oh, he's doing what now? Yeah, he's right. in, he's in where he's in Dubai, yeah. he's in Iceland. You know, he's just." Yeah. It's like half vlog, like travel vlog and half, uh, <laughs> yeah. half like strength vlog. Right, right, yeah. right exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, no, it, it keeps things fresh. And like we were saying about King of the Table, you know, we talked with Coach Ray as well about the amateur side of things or, or the tournament style. Like you've mentioned before, that's usually how people start. Yeah. Um, he also mentioned, you know, starting a, a tournament here where you can grow the local talent. So how much, you know, obviously we haven't been to those practices, but how much talent is out there that's, that's, you know.
1: So if you're just talking about UAE, yeah, um, there's actually a decent amount of talent here. Um, It's when we first got here and we started doing the arm wrestling thing, we weren't sure about how much talent there was, but uh, it's like every week somebody new comes out of the woodworks that yeah. is all of a sudden this uh, arm wrestling champion, and then they come to our practice, and they're really good. And yeah. so, it's just like they don't again, they don't have exposure, but they're they're out there. You yeah. know, we do have some really strong people. So,
2: and that's something that again we were talking about earlier is we're looking to do <laughs> is set up an amateur tournament style that's a qualifier for King of the Table. So there is actually a stepping stone into King of the Table, and yeah. hopefully we'll announce that. Uh, soon. Officially announced? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no one officially. watches this. But yeah, hopefully we can announce that soon. Yeah, uh, with the, all the details. It's uh, in the works. Yeah, it's in the works. So it's going to be super exciting. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the next King of the Table, King of the Table 4, where we have, <sighs> I, and I, I keep saying it, I don't think it's been said enough, the biggest arm wrestling match in the history of arm wrestling. I For think.
1: sure, 100%. Devin Larrett.
2: Versus Levan, I'm not even gonna go try to pronounce his second name.
1: Sagnishvili? Sagnishvili,
2: that's it. Right. You know, be <laughs> I've,
0: been, I've been actually hoping that this one would happen. Not even as an arm wrestling fan, but ever since I saw Levan at Bahrain. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, what... that's almost two years ago.
1: Yeah. yeah, he was just supporting his friend. I know. Yeah, from yeah. yeah. He I'm, was.
2: I mean, with a bit of influence, we got, we brought yeah, him over. Yeah. yeah, and it was all part of you know trying to get Levan. Listen, as part I, I, of I took through.
0: his picture with other athletes just so we had it. <laughs> right. At case. Like I knew. Yeah. I knew. But but I saw him and then I, I I saw the I saw Devin and I was like, this is this is the dream match. Yeah. This is the dream match. And you know, back then I wasn't even a fan. I didn't even know what armor what the what the
1: rules or anything right. and then here 2 years later we're getting we're getting the super match yeah yeah it's it's definitely going to be the most exciting match because one people may say ah oh, levon's going to win he's just so much bigger than devin but devin is actually pretty big guy mm-hmm. i mean i don't know that pe- you know people may not realize devin is actually really tall he's actually pretty heavy I don't think he's going to come in as heavy as he was for the Michael Todd match. What was he like 300 pounds then? He was close to 300 pounds, but he said he just didn't feel very good. Right. So he's, he's going to come in a little lighter than that, but still super strong and look, Devin has a lot of endurance. If you've watched any of his practices that he posts, you know, he goes on for hours against people and just, it's insane. If he can stop the match, he's, he's got, he's got a, a chance.
2: That's a lot thing as well. A lot of people overlook endurance, technical abilities, confidence, mental capacity, all these different aspects, which yeah. I really think Devin ticks the box in.
1: Oh yeah, Devin, Devin's a manipulator. Yeah. You know, he, he will get into your head. And, yeah. and, <laughs> you and this yeah. is
2: something I think that's going to expose Levan a bit, maybe yeah. in a positive way, a negative way. We'll see how he reacts to that because I don't think he's been pushed. We spoke about it with Ray to those yeah. dark waters. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think... Uh, Devin
1: is going to pull him there to be honest quite yeah, literally should be we yeah. might see an actual Hulk he might Hulk out
2: maybe yeah <laughs> he might let's, hope for, let's <laughs> hope for it let's hope for it yeah maybe he'll turn green <laughs> he yeah, might yeah. so what's your what's your predictions oh god on the day. yeah we want
1: oh, we want juicy juicy sound bites yeah, here Adam yeah. come on oh yeah. I don't want to lose any friends as <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. said now it will be used against you <laughs> right yeah um can
0: I be politically? Yeah, yeah. You can. You can be uh, fair yeah. and, and political. We just no. give give us a look. Blink
1: once right. if it's Levant. Blink twice if it's Devin. Uh, <laughs> something's in my eye. It's all right. Sorry. No. Uh, I I just I am gonna see a great match. I don't wanna. I don't want uh. Yeah. I I do think that look Le- Levant has a lot of advantages just because he's big, so big, so strong. And I think people may not realize that he's actually a, a good technical arm wrestler, so he's not just a big meathead, you know, up there just using power. So he can actually think and change strategies. Um, so I think it's going to be closer than people think. I don't think it's going to be a six-zero blowout either way, you know. And most yeah. people would say six-zero LeBron. but yeah. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. And it, it, Devin could come out on top mm. so who
2: do you think's the underdog
1: <laughs> you are trying to push me oh.
0: <laughs>
1: i would say devin is the underdog
0: i think i think most people agree with that mm-hmm. i think devin himself agrees with that yeah, yeah.
1: So I think that's a, also very well. Fair I, I like and I like you correct know. David is using his yeah. his manipulation he's, he's, skills. He likes. He's like, I think I'm an old man. You have yeah. nothing to fear, Lebron. I, I think he did the exact
0: same thing against Michael Todd. Uh, yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, 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 he did.
2: But and then his confidence came out during the match. And, and I think then, that, that, that and, was. And
0: that's the thing. I think yeah. I think it's one of those things that he uses for himself as well. It's an a ability, little, you know, a little switch in his head that says you're the underdog work harder yeah. train harder yeah. you know no one's no one's expecting you to win so go and show them like i think it's a i think it's yeah. for himself as well as much as it is, as it is a show you know yeah,
2: yeah. yeah and i think that's speaking from experience that's part of his military mindset
0: yeah yeah same mm, for sure, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah and I agree. that's what's coming out yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so yeah super brilliant. exciting
1: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. um jumping back to the last king of the table i think uh for the women's match gabby versus sarah i think everyone's already calling like the, the second the match was over and gabby was like no i'm done everyone was like we need a rematch
1: yeah you know it was interesting that sarah was kind of coming on you know towards the end yeah she was figuring things out yeah. or maybe gabby was starting to get tired but you know i think sarah would tell you that that gabby was just a lot stronger than her yeah. so you know, Sarah kind of has to pull out other skills to try and you know, take on somebody like that. And I think she was kind of figuring things out at that point. And I think having that rematch, you know, she kind of can come in with a, a different strategy now, so. Is it too crazy or wild, since we're
0: making up rules here? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> can we have like eight rounds? Best of seven, best of nine? Is that like out of the question? I think that would be very tiring. Yeah. You know?
2: Entertainment value as well changes the longer it goes on. That's true. Yeah.
0: That's true. It's just, you know, that I guess with the amount, I guess you can't foresee how many, you know, fouls and, and restarts it's going to be. But for example, like Wagner and Hermes, it was just flash pins.
1: Yeah. You know? It was, it does sometimes go quickly. Yeah. And, and it's, and it can be surprising um, because sometimes you'll feel like, when you when you have two competitors and they've never faced each other you try and figure out who could be the guy that's going to be on top by looking at their past you know competitions right. past um you know matchups it's kind of like MMA and it's, it's hard yeah. to do it yeah yeah it's really hard to do it because there's so much different it's not just about strength there's you know technique there's style uh and sometimes uh two competitors their styles match up really well and sometimes they clash and uh you can't tell, like, if, uh, if I'm a hooker, if I hook, which is what I normally do, I'm not a hooker hooker, okay? Hooker. So, you said that with such confidence. You me, yeah, you gave yeah, me eyes. said this before. Right. Yeah, right. like, you're really confident. I'm a very expensive hooker. <laughs> so, But if I'm going up against you and your little, tiny little thing, which you are, I could just crush you, right. okay? My, my tiny baby hands. Right, uh, baby. but... I have baby hands mm. and kind of my kryptonite is somebody that's a really good top roller. So if you come along, you practice top rolling, things might change all of a sudden between us. Yeah. Right. And it's like, just because that style change changed everything. Yeah. So it's sometimes hard to predict who's going to win something, you know?
0: So how much of a nightmare is it trying to, let's say, and this is a little bit of inside information now from king of the table productions, but it's, you know, when you try and match up athletes, mm. right? Because obviously it's you have you have one shot and making kind of the perfect card. How do you do it? How do you say you know? Oh, he's got a really strong hand, but he's got a, you know. It's like right, yeah, let's let's yeah, get them together. That's the
1: thing. You you kind of you also have to go on instinct a bit. So of course you think about all those different things. Somebody's hand strength, power, technique, and how they would match up against somebody. And uh, I think I've you know I've come up with some great ideas for matches and stuff. I do have to hand it to Engen Terzi, who is very good at matchups. Yeah. He's 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 the master. Yeah, he's definitely this. helped out. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's really, really good yeah. at that. And um, it's it is somewhat of an art, you know, to to get the right people together because you especially when you are putting together something like King of the Table, you don't want it to be a six zero flash pins. You really do want some you know, back and forth. You want drama. You want drama, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So
2: that, that brings me to, maybe it's a bit controversial, but what's your thoughts on Khaled, Jachelle? Obviously, Khaled, oh. he came in against Larry. He had a fight, an MMA fight, the week before. A, a week claimed, after or as week, well. A week after as well. He claimed to have done zero training. I think we've spoken about this before. It just shows you the capabilities or potential capabilities for him to be an outrageous athlete in the sport of arm our, our and what's your thoughts on Khaled?
1: So I think that Devin nailed it uh, the first time that he and Khaled met and basically Khalid just has a natural strength about him from the type of work he used to do as a mechanic but he does have an unusually huge advantage with having just some of the biggest hands out there. It's not just that he has big hands. So Khalid literally has, without much training, world-class grip strength, okay? And when you're dealing with that, um, it's, it can be really, really tough for almost anybody, unless it's like a Levon, that some guy that has a big hand. You know, Devin has a big hand. Larry, he has a pretty decent hand. The thing with Larry um, and, and Khalid is that he still has trouble with Khaled's hand. And if they slip out and Larry gets into straps, he beats Khaled every time. But it's really tough to slip tough. out. Yeah. Even, even Schoolboy couldn't really slip out. They had a right-handed match, which kind of ended abruptly because they both were injured. Uh, but yeah, Schoolboy injured his wrist during that, that yeah, match. Remember, yeah. 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 yeah, because he was trying to get out and he couldn't.
2: So do you think so, that that was the reason Larry Larry was beat in the last match? He, he couldn't slip, get the strap.
1: Right. It it was definitely that. Like now you saw that just brute strength. Larry could go ahead and beat Khaled. He beat yeah. him in the first round. Technically, he won the second round. But and and Bill will will tell you this. Yeah. He, he missed he, a foul. The a, a foul in losing position. Right. They gave him, They gave him a restart, and it right. should have been a loss. So Larry should have won that match. Yeah. Um, but. There's also something to be said with Larry's, um, endurance level with respect to lactic acid buildup. So Larry got pumped very quickly. And if you get pumped in your hand in your forearm, it's going to be really tough to do anything. Yeah. So it's, it's even harder to slip out yeah. right? because you lose power. So if he was in the straps, his biceps was still fresh. No problem. Right. He could, he could still take him. So, That was, that's Larry's downfall, and it's something that he has to train. Rice bucket training, you know, stuff like that helps. Rice bucket because you build up, you can fight the lactic acid feeling because you get used to it. So it's something that he just learned another lesson, you know, yeah. But Khalid is, I hope that he continues with this. I know that he loves MMA, but he could be world-class arm wrestler in a short period of time you know most time it takes people years if you're going to hang it yeah i was going to say if you're going to hang a carrot
0: in front of him how many how many months before you get him in front of i don't know before you get him in front of uh, a, a, a top dev five. yeah top 5 well i'll tell
1: you he, in front of alex or in front of you know right that's it's it could be a year if he, if he actually trained consistently yeah a year hmm. definitely because he actually does pick up on stuff fairly quickly so when he started training after their first encounter which was with Devin, he started to learn how to top roll and actually was able to beat larry after learning how to top roll properly and he learned it very quickly just within a few sessions yeah so he was he was definitely a natural at it so
2: the capabilities of there. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean it's just untapped potential mm-hmm. but um like we said before it's like we need to get him in somehow because i want to see what happens yeah i do too like i want to see it's it's, it's such an unknown Mm kind of potential yeah that you like you don't know how far they can go until they do it yeah right that's one of those so exactly yeah
2: so obviously we've been talking a lot about strength sports all these strong athletes now begs the question adam what does the word strong
1: mean to you hmm well Strong is a a term that can be used physically or mentally. And um, I've always been into strength. So whether it's bodybuilders or powerlifters or strongmen. um, But in sports, it's also important to be mentally strong. And um, I think that's one of the things that I had trouble with myself. that second neck injury that I got, for instance. Okay, so I, I had a couple other injuries. I had um, two shoulder injuries. But I got through them um, and got back into it. But after my second neck injury, I got so depressed. And um, I actually had panic attacks in the gym, which was really strange. Yeah. <laughs> but I, have, I started to develop panic attacks as well. And um, It took me many years, but, uh, it's something that I finally have conquered. Yeah. So not just, you know, and that's one of the reasons I got back into training again last year. Um, I wanted to prove to myself that I could overcome this, you know, basically it's a mental, mental problem. Yeah. You know, panic attacks, it's not like I'm having a heart attack, but I thought I was having a heart attack Mm. and it's a really scary feeling and it can happen at any time. And, um, when they first started to happen, um, they happened m- multiple times in the gym and actually one time an ambulance had to take me away. So besides my triceps issue, uh, after my second you know, um, neck injury, uh, definitely the panic attacks were something that, that stopped me from going to the gym.
2: Do you think, you, you spoke yeah. about that, that 23 year gap, do mm-hmm. you think the strength came from reigniting that passion with arm wrestling?
1: It did. Yeah. yeah, when I saw when I got Larry into arm wrestling, um, that kind of got me kind of excited about arm wrestling again myself, and wanting to get back into the gym and working out, and also look, I developed type two diabetes over the years, and so getting into the gym is something that would help me from a physical standpoint of uh, maybe getting rid of the diabetes yeah. right you now. So um, that's. You know, another reason, but it was definitely to help me mentally as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and it's great.
0: I think when when you know you you're not forcing yourself to be there, and that's the thing. It's like if it's a pull that a passion you know pulls you back to, mm-hmm. it's great. You know, because yeah. you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the process. But if it's like, oh, I have to get into the gym. I have diabetes. I need, <laughs> my doctor says I need to do twenty minutes yeah. of cardio, right, and you're yeah. timing it. You right. Know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's never gonna be an enjoyable process. So it's it's amazing that, you know, your passions have brought you back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, for
2: the better of your mental health, yeah, your physical it, you health. Know,
0: like. it's, exactly. It's almost as if it was meant to be.
2: Yeah. yeah. If, if there's anything that you can advise on anyone, obviously you've experienced, I don't know, I keep mentioning the 23 year period, it's a long period of time. Is there anything, words of advice you'd give to anyone who's maybe fell off the horse, they've got injured, Having been through it yourself and having got back on the horse, is there any words of advice that you could give to anyone who's in that position?
1: Well, I wish I would have at that point when I fell off the horse due to kind of a mental illness, an issue. I wish I'd gotten help with that early on. Maybe you've seen a psychiatrist, psychologist, um, to help get me back into a normal lifestyle for me and get me back into the gym rather than taking all that time off and just kind of sitting around being like, I don't know what to do yeah. um, or I'm too scared because what if I have a panic attack in front of everybody again, yeah. you know? So I would definitely say, see somebody, <laughs> you know, Seek get help. some help. Yeah. 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 Get some help. And yeah. it's, uh, it's not something to be ashamed of, you know, I was ashamed of it because maybe it was the times, maybe it was because it was the, you know, the 1990s and, yeah you things were looked down upon yeah. back then i don't know but.
2: And that's the whole point of the strong cast as well was yeah. to to sort of resonate with people who's listening watching Is everyone's on the same boat everyone's going through life and different ways different forms and everyone's learning everyone's developing so if any of this resonates please reach out to us and um, we're more than happy to talk about it i think that's one of the biggest things um globally right now is, is people just need to communicate and then communication yeah. is yeah. key and and uh yeah so if it does resonate please reach out to us myself yeah uh, adam or ben and we can definitely um talk you through it all right yeah go on you you can ask the yeah. last question last
0: last question before we turn you loose to the world again adam silver <laughs> what what would you do to make the world a better place hmm or arm, would you change arm that? wrestling
1: in every school <laughs> yeah so we're gonna have we're gonna have arm wrestling in every school and we already have when, basically arm wrestling yeah in every school so which. when people have disputes whether it's politics or anything they can arm wrestle <laughs> nice and that, that will be the deciding factor that will be the new era of <laughs> <Right>. supermatches. <laughs> <Right>. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know you know what's gonna happen though like then then people are gonna start really taking TRT really seriously <laughs> yeah. right. also the winner of king of the table will control the world oh that, that sounds amazing <laughs> sounds right. I'm trying to imagine a world run by Devin oh, no. oh my god it could be interesting right. yeah I don't know if I can say everyone would be high
2: right. <laughs> sorry Devin alright <laughs> we want Devin to win then I guess yeah. everyone would be high eating pancakes right And really good at arm wrestling. Yeah.
1: I do wish people could be more civil, though. You know, it's like the world is so divided right now. The United States is divided. Politics is ridiculous. It's insane. Can't we all just work together and talk, you know, talk it out? Do we have to scream at each other? You know, there's got to be some middle ground. Mm. And you think that middle ground is... In the middle of the table. It could be in the middle of the table, right? Or across the table. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Across the, <laughs> across, the, across the table or middle of the table. Right, exactly. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. You're lucky this is a long table because I would fuck you up. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Fuck oh, you, we should
1: pull. <laughs> right. We should pull after this. Uh, okay, okay. Oh. Man, sure.
0: That is a meaty, meaty forearm. Before yeah. this gets uh, right. any more yeah. <laughs> um
2: Thank you so much for um, tuning in, guys. And thank you so much, Adam. It's great to hear your story. Um, I know a lot, a lot of people don't know much about you, but hopefully this sort of brings that to the light and attention. And thanks so much for telling your story, um, your
0: sort of predictions. We got it out of you. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we call the podcast The Man Behind the Wheel? Oh, yeah, oh, that's sure. That's a good one, that's, yeah. That, that is that's, a good one. The Man Behind the that Wheel. That is a yeah. great yeah. one, yeah.
2: Thank you. Good one, ben. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks so much. Um, make sure to tune in for the next one. Please subscribe, like, and uh, we'll leave all of our socials down below. And see you for the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.